This is CD2 in the Freedom in the Glory series. I'm David. This is my lovely wife. Joanna. We are the Herobedians, virtualchurchmedia.com. Today, my wife is going to lead us into the presence to set the atmosphere so you can be in a position to receive the best God has for you. Thank you, Lord. Let your glory fall. Let your glory fall. Shower us, O Lord, with your love, O God. Fill our Did you know that you can hear the voice of God personally? It's not for a few special people, it's for everyone. And today, by the time we're done with this teaching, you will have a better understanding and you will begin to hear His voice in a more clarion way, a clear way, a way that you know that you're being spoken to by the Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Did you know that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God? Romans 8, 14. Today, God wants to bring you into a river of his presence. He wants you to come into the secret place with him. Did you know that the gifts of the Spirit are always moving? We're just not always in the Spirit to move in them. But today is an invitation to begin to move in the Spirit. What you've only seen others operate in, it's now your time to shine. It's now your time to be a carrier of His presence and His glory. It is not by power nor by might, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. This mountain is removed. I remove the blockages that have kept you from hearing. I cancel every suppressor and hindrance. I cancel them and I release God's ability based on His Word for you to hear His voice. God speaks in various ways. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on men. He speaks in the still small voice. He speaks by messenger angel. He speaks most commonly through his written word. He quickens his word. He makes it alive. Have you been reading the word of God? I have a challenge for you today. God wants to carry you into that river of his presence. And he wants you to know his voice 
amidst all the other voices of the world. And it comes from spending time in his presence, just like you're doing now, spending time reading his word, spending time with your head on his chest. A friend of mine, her name is Corin, and when she was a young believer, she had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she would come home from work every day and she would pray in the Spirit. She would pray in other tongues for two hours and she would have worship music going on. And one day the Lord told her, I want you to pray in the Spirit without music. She said, but Lord, I need the music. That's how I get into your presence. Today, you've got music in the background. God's helping set the atmosphere to still your mind with music. Samuel said, bring unto me a minstrel, 2 Kings 3.15. And it came to pass when the minstrel played, the spirit of prophecy fell upon Samuel. So there's power in music because it brings in the atmosphere of heaven when it's heaven's music. It brings heaven to earth so that we can hear his voice better. As the Lord was training my friend Corin as a young believer, she would pray in tongues for two hours when she'd get off work and then she began to operate in interpretation of tongues. Here a little, there a little. She would begin to write down what she got in her training times alone with the Lord. You know there's no shortcuts in the kingdom. You can get an impartation that'll accelerate you, but it's not a shortcut. He develops character in us, discipline in us, as we walk in relationship with him so that we know his voice amidst all the other voices of the world. That's his highest will for you, is that you know his voice. His highest will is that you be filled with the Spirit, because out of that, the filling, you'll know his voice, and out of knowing his voice, all things, all things are possible when you know his voice. So Corin obeyed the Lord and she turned off the music and she began to pray in other tongues, and she just would sputter and stop. She says, Lord, I need the music. She would turn it back on. He would say, turn it off. She'd turn it off and before too long, now she was able to pray in the spirit and to hear his voice without the worship music. And the enemy tried to bombard her, but she persevered and she pressed on. And this went on for two weeks. Then the Lord said, I want you now to turn on rock music. She says, Lord, I, I haven't listened to that since you brought me out of that lifestyle. You brought me out of that world. I don't want to listen to that. He says, turn it on. She turned it on. He says, now pray. And she had difficulty praying. She couldn't hear his voice and she would turn it off and she would pray and she'd get back in the spirit. And then she could hear his voice again, praying in the spirit. He's turned back on the rock music. So she'd turn it back on. And finally, she was able to hear his voice amidst all the other voices of the world. And the Lord trained her this way because in life, 
there's a lot of things that contend for your attention. There are, it may be, the scripture says, many different kinds of voices, and none of them is without significance, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says. But God wants you to hear his voice amidst all the other voices of the world. And now my friend Corin here is accurately the voice of God, whether she's worshiping with music, whether she's worshiping without music, or all the clamor of life is there. Are you ready to step into the river and begin to hear his voice amidst all the other voices of the world? Do you know what the two keys are to releasing the miraculous on the earth? They come from John chapter 2. They're taught by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Jesus was at the wedding of Cana. And they said, Mary, there is no wine. And Mary went to Jesus and says, Jesus, they're out of wine at the festival. This is a wedding. They're out of wine. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. And Jesus says, Woman, what does that have to do with me? Woman, what does this have to do with me? And Jesus got this response from Mary, his mother. Disciples, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Disciples, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. That's the key to the miraculous, two of them, hearing Jesus speak and then doing whatever Jesus tells you to do, even if it sounds like an illogical instruction. Do you want to release and unlock the miraculous in your life? It comes from two things. One, hearing him speak and two, obeying whatever he says to do. The disciples look to Jesus and Jesus says, fill these water pots with water. And they went and took them down and they filled them up. And I don't know if you know this, but these water pots were made of, of rock. And they would have weighed about, filled with water, somewhere between uh, 350 to 450 pounds each with 20 gallons of water and plus the stone. And so it would have taken several of them to get down there and do that. So it was a project to get it done and they came back. And Jesus said, give the master of the feast the water. And as he pulled out of it, the water had turned to wine. When God speaks to you, do you hear him? My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Do you know the difference between a lamb and a sheep? A lamb is a baby sheep. Lambs don't give birth to lambs, sheep give birth to lambs, and then nurture them and grow them up under a shepherd. We have the great shepherd, Messiah Jesus, who's nurturing us as his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. Today, if you're not yet hearing his voice accurately, God is gonna supernaturally give you a growth spurt from a lamb into a more mature lamb and into a sheep. Because his sheep hear his voice, it is your right. As many as received them, he gave them power to become sons 
and daughters of God. Are you ready for the growth spurt? Here it comes. Just ask him to mature you, give you supernatural maturity to hear his voice. Just say, Lord, I want a growth spurt. There it goes, just as you ask. Before they call upon me, I will answer. And while they're yet still speaking, I will hear. He's tuning your ear with a tuning fork to hear his voice amidst all the other voices of the world. He's silencing the voice of the enemy. He's diminishing every tormenting voice, diminishing depression and depravity. He's diminishing every other voice that's vied and contended for your attention where his voice is now becoming number one in hierarchy because you are his sheep, the bride of Christ, the bride of Messiah Jesus. And he's maturing you from a child of God into a son or daughter of God. He's maturing you from a lamb to a sheep. Are you ready? He's about to give you daring instructions. It'll be personal between you and him. He may ask you to step out of the boat of comfortable religion and step onto the waters with him and walk as you keep your eyes on Messiah Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He always leads you in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. Are you ready to walk in victory at a new level? It's yours today. In Ezekiel chapter 47, the river that flows from the sanctuary, it was ankle deep water for a thousand cubits. And then it became knee deep water for another thousand cubits. A cubit is a foot and a half. So 1800 feet, it was ankle deep water. And then it became knee deep water for another eight. 1,800 feet, to put it in perspective, that's six football fields. Another six football fields, it became waste deep water. And then another six football fields, another 1,800 feet, another 1,000 cubits, it became a river to swim in. What's interesting about this passage, Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 10. There were trees on both sides of the river and they bore fruit 12 months a year. The leaves were for the healing of the nations. When you're a tree planted by the waters, you will bear fruit 12 months a year. Do you know it's possible to be in constant revival when you live in him and he lives in you? Things happen wherever you go, because when you walk into the room, you don't walk in alone. You walk in with him. When you're in the river, it gets deeper and deeper, not the closer you get to the sanctuary. It gets deeper the farther you get out into the world. It becomes ankle-deep water close to him, becomes knee-deep as you get farther away, carrying the gospel of good news, casting out devils, healing the sick, 
setting the captives free. You don't need the anointing while reading your daily devotional and a coffee mug or a teacup. You need the anointing on the front lines. Are you willing to get ready to get out of your comfort zone and go into all the world? If you want the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are yours for the taking. He gives the gifts of the Spirit to whosoever He will. Do you want to know who He gives them to? Whosoever will. Are you willing? If so, say, Lord, here I am, send me. I'm ready to move out from my daily devotional and into the greater purposes that you have for me to reach a lying, sighing, crying, dying world of destitute humanity in need of you. Yes, I'll be Messiah with skin on. Colossians 1.27 says, Messiah in you, Messiah Jesus, the anointed one in you, the hope of glory. Are you willing today to be his vessel? to go into all the world or go into your workplace or even into your church to begin to release his love, his presence, his power. If so, just raise your hands as an act of faith and say, here I am, Lord, send me, send me, send me, send me, send me. Send me, send me, send me, send me. If you said that, he's already released angels to set up divine appointments. And now he's going to empower you because he never sends you without empowering you to go and do the stuff. Jesus said in John 14, 12, the same works that I do, you shall do also. Even greater works will these than you do because I go to the Father. Are you ready? Are you ready? God's releasing right now an impartation to empower you. Many of you are gonna be baptized in the Holy Spirit afresh right now. Here it comes. There it goes, there it goes. You're feeling something roll up. There he goes. He's rolling up. Let him feel you, let him feel you, let him go ahead and anoint you afresh. He's anointing you afresh right now. Father, I thank you for the angel that's behind them right now ministering, 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 ministering to them. Thank you, Lord. There it goes. His power is made perfect in your weakness. When you're weak, then you're strong. He's lifting you up. He's setting you free to be a worshiper and to go forth and do the same stuff. How does God speak today? 
There's at least 25 different biblical ways in which God speaks. And when you begin to recognize his voice, then you have the instruction. And then you can go forth and do what he says. And signs and wonders accompany those that he sends into the earth. The primary way in which God speaks is the written word. He quickens you according to his word. Another way in which he speaks is a perceiving. You have a perception. I perceive, Paul said. Paul said he perceived that the ship would not be without harm in Acts chapter 27. How does Jesus speak today? God speaks to us through the agent of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Before Jesus went to the cross, he prophesied, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. John 16, 13, New King James Version. Since the source of all true faith comes from hearing God's voice, and the spirit of truth is the same Holy Spirit that lives within every believer, then we can all hear the voice of God today. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you ready to learn how to hear his voice? The most common way in which God speaks to us is through the written word, the Bible. This occurs about 90% of the time. If you're not already daily reading the Bible, I encourage you to begin today. This helps better position you to hear God's voice speaking to you through his infallible written word. While reading and studying the word of God, the Holy Spirit then will often illuminate or quicken a specific verse or passage, causing it to literally lift off the page to us. This usually indicates God is trying to communicate with us. Have you been listening? Most believers have experienced God speaking to them in this way, whether young or mature, whether lambs or sheep, possibly you've experienced something like this while reading the Bible alone or at a Bible study, but didn't recognize until now that this quickening was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. When we learn to hear his voice, quickening us through the written word, making it alive, he will also begin speaking to us in a number of other biblical ways. As we're faithful with a few things, God is faithful to give us more as he carries us from faith to faith and from glory to glory as he transforms us into the image and the character and the nature of his son, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. Being changed into the image of Messiah Jesus is the Father's desire. The Holy Spirit's primary purpose in the earth is to conform you to the image and likeness of the Son of God. Everything you go through in life boils down to one primary purpose, being changed and conformed to the best you by having the best of him in and through you. 
The Bible indicates the Holy Spirit also communicates the mind and the heart of the Father through at least 25 other different biblical ways. We often talk to God in prayer telling Him of our problems and needs, and this is certainly good, but true faith arises when we hear Him speak. True faith has two sides, faith and patience. When we pray and God speaks, we stand on the Word, and then we wait for Him to bring it to pass. I want to share with you just seven different ways in which God speaks today to whet your appetite for you to seek Him for more. The primary way is the quickening of the Holy Spirit, Psalms 119, verse 25, 50, and 107. Quicken thou me according to thy word, verse 25. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He quickens us through his written word. To quicken means to make alive, revive, or bring to life. When we're faithful to read and study the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is faithful to teach us. Whether we're lambs or sheep in our maturity level, the Holy Spirit meets us right where we're at. He never judges us when Doubting Thomas said, I won't believe unless I'm able to put my fingers into the palm prints of his hands. Jesus didn't say, Thomas, you're disqualified. Jesus showed up in his resurrected state. He said, Thomas, here I am. Put your hands, your fingers into the prints of my hands and put your fingers into my side. At that point, Thomas said, my Lord and my God, isn't Jesus merciful? Isn't he good? He meets us on our faith level and he lifts us up. Wherever your faith level is today, Jesus is meeting you right there. The second way in which God speaks is internal unctions. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things, 1 John 2.20. The Holy Spirit unction enables us to know things supernaturally that we cannot otherwise know, and they're not naturally explained. As we mature, the unction of the Holy Spirit will begin to provide more detailed information through the revelation gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and prophecy, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. While we are still baby lambs, the Holy Spirit unction will usually come with less details than this and often in more subtle ways. For example, we might find ourselves saying, I don't know how I know, I just know. This is usually the Holy Spirit's unction, giving our hearts a witness that something's true and that internal amen, that green light instead of the red light. The green light is go, the red light is stop, and the yellow light is caution. And we have a caution light, which is often pause and pray until you get the green light to go. The third thing in which way God speaks is perceiving. This is similar to an unction, but it usually comes with more details. Before Paul, the apostle, boarded the ship as a prisoner on his way to Rome, he advised the captain saying, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only the cargo, and the ship, but also of our lives, Acts 27.10. Paul received a word of knowledge by that inward perception 
that provided him with specific details concerning disaster and loss if they proceeded further on the voyage. The Holy Spirit provided Paul with an inward perceiving that things were about to go wrong. The centurion of the ship ignored Paul's words of warning. In verse 11 of chapter 27 in the book of Acts, it says the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. This is why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Because the centurion disobeyed the inward perceiving Paul received from the Lord, the ship and all its 276 passengers later sailed into disaster. When this occurred because Paul had previously announced the problem, Paul was able to speak a second time to the centurion in the midst of the storm. This time, he had the attention of the centurion and Paul now had more authority. He said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Verse 21, Paul not only spoke a second time, but also began to fast and intercede during the storm, praying for everyone's deliverance. 14 days later, God responded to Paul's prayer by speaking again. This time, God sent Paul a visitation from a messenger angel with additional instructions from heaven. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. The power of intercession. Do you know that your intercession can save lives? Do you know that when you give a word of knowledge, it may be rejected? But when things go bad, they'll come back to you and say, we were wrong, or God will give you a second word for you to go and help deliver them because God is so loving and merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Or the angel said to Paul, do not be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 24, Paul communicated God's message to the centurion in charge. The centurion took heed this time, obeying the voice of God, speaking through Paul, and everyone on board was saved. The entire ship, its contents, however, were lost at the sea. When we obey such inward perceivings given to us by the Holy Spirit, this will help us to avoid unnecessary shipwrecks and related losses. This could be as simple as driving down the road and you tell the person who's driving, I sense you're supposed to slow down. There's a speed trap ahead. And they might say, I live here. There's never been a speed trap. Please just slow down. They slow down and boom. All of a sudden, there's an officer shooting radar. And two things are born out of that. One, they don't get a ticket. Two, moving forward, they learn not to speed through that area. So perceivings can be that simple. And when you get them and you obey them, it can avoid problems and avoid disaster. So number four, God's still small voice. This is another way that's common that God speaks to his children. When the Holy Spirit's still small voice speaks to us, it usually comes with specific words and our spirit. It may be a single word or a sentence, a phrase, or a full paragraph of communication. The Holy Spirit speaks these words to our human spirit, and they usually rise or float upwards into our mind and our understanding. 
We hear his voice in our spirit, where the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. Then as these words flow to rise up into our mind, they provide us with a message, instruction, direction, or an understanding on the matter. This is not to be confused with our regular thoughts or words we sometimes hear in our mind. This is usually the voice of our own soul, our fleshly thinking, the world, or the enemy, the devil. God's still small voice comes from inside our spirit and rises into our thinking, whereas the enemy's voice speaks from the outside of our person and into our head. Elijah experienced a still small voice of God in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 13. And behold, the Lord passed by, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, a still small voice came. So it was when Elijah heard this still small voice that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him. God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire, but revealed himself in the still small voice to Elijah. God's still small voice will line up with his written word and is accompanied by supernatural peace. One way to discern the Lord's voice from the other voices of the world is simply this. The Holy Spirit convicts, he leads, he guides, he directs, he prompts, and occasionally he prods us. The devil's voice, on the other hand, pushes, condemns, brings anxiety to our soul. The devil's voice also results in fleshly works, pride, and the glorification of oneself or man instead of God. The devil's goal is to get us to place confidence in ourselves instead of God. Why? Because the devil knows that if he can tempt us to miss the mark in this way, it will result in heaven's blessing being withdrawn. An example is found in the Old Testament. King David was tempted by Satan to number his army. This was a fleshly work and resulted in judgment. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel, 1 Chronicles 21.1. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he struck Israel, 1 Chronicles 21.7. We must learn to distinguish between the Lord's voice and the enemy's voice. David was anointed as prophet, priest, and king, and still fell prey. But Acts 13.22 says, after he repented, God sees David as a man after his own heart. Regardless of how many times you may have missed it in the past, the good news is you're back on track. You've returned to the penthouse, the highest place with God. We must learn to distinguish between the Lord's voice and the enemy's voice. Obeying God's voice brings blessing while falling prey to obeying our fleshly voice or the enemy's voice withdraws the blessing and sometimes can bring a curse. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, James 4, 6, and 7. The fifth way in which God speaks of the seven that we're discussing today is bearing witness with our spirit. The spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit bears witness when something is of God. He is the spirit of truth. This goes along with the above internal 
unction and inward perceiving that every born from above believer has on the inside of them. You have the inward witness to truth in your born again spirits. An example of this might be when someone is speaking truth, whether from the pulpit or even on an audio CD like you're listening to now, or in everyday conversation, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your human spirit that it's truth. At times our spirit may even amen what is spoken before our mind understands what has been said. Just the opposite will also occur when error is spoken. The Holy Spirit gives us a check light, that yellow light or that red light or that caution light in our spirit that something isn't quite right. This also may occur before the person finishes speaking or maybe even before they begin to talk. This is God protecting us. When we obey, we are blessed. When we disobey, things don't normally go so well. Number six, songs in the night. Where is God my maker? Job 35.10 says, who gives us songs in the night. God will sometimes speak to us as we sleep by singing in our spirits. And I declare that begins for you tonight. He'll sing songs in our spirit, a song of the night. It could be a song of deliverance, peace, wisdom, forgiveness, victory, encouragement, or faith. Sometimes he even serenades us as his bride, the bride of Messiah, Jesus. When we wake up from an evening of songs in the night, we find ourselves rested and refreshed, ready for the day. This causes us to have God's words in our mouth for the day. We arise and we're ready to go. Songs in the night, number six. And number seven, in our ear as we wake in the morning. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear as the learned. Isaiah 50 verse four. Many times we're waking up in the morning, sometimes between that sleep state and being awake. It's at that time God will speak in our ear with an instruction, a warning, or a word of encouragement for the day. This causes us to have God's words in our mouths for the day. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer, the psalmist said in Psalms 45.1. When we've been in touch with the king, our tongue is ready to speak the words of God. Whosoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very oracles or words of God, 1 Peter 4.11. God wants you to hear his voice. God wants the miraculous released through you. He wants to go do the stuff through your vessel of honor, fit for the master's use. Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons taken from his body healed the sick and cast out devils because Messiah in him, the anointed one, touched those handkerchiefs and those aprons by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it transferred into those handkerchiefs and aprons. Peter's shadow healed the sick and cast out devils in Acts chapter five. What happened? It wasn't Peter's shadow. 
It only would have worked on a sunny day. It was Peter's relationship with Jesus, the Messiah, shining out of him, Colossians 1.27, Messiah in you, the hope of glory. We're going to do an exercise before we close out this audio. I want you to look at your hand and tell me what you see. We're not palm reading, no. It's not about the wrinkles. It's not about the lines. It's about what you see by faith in accordance with Colossians 1.27. Messiah in you, the hope of glory. Do you see by faith the nail-scarred hand of Calvary? The nail-scarred hand that Jesus had when they put the nails in his hand for you and for me? That nail-scarred hand of Calvary now lives in you. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible for Messiah. And since he lives in you out of relationship, nothing's impossible in his name when he sends you to go and do the stuff. Are you ready to go do the stuff? The same works that Messiah did. He did it through the disciples and even greater works. And now we're entering Acts chapter 29. The book of Acts only has 28 chapters. But did you know Acts chapter 29 is now being written through you and me as we yield our lives unto him, Messiah with skin on. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and these signs will follow them that believe in my name, in my authority, in my character, in my honor, in my position. You shall cast out devils. You shall speak with new tongues. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. When you lay hands on the sick, it's not your ability, it's your availability in the name of Messiah Jesus. It's him who anoints the prayer cloths and handkerchiefs. It's him that shines out of you with the shadow. It's him that speaks a word in season in your ear and you repeat it out, out of obedience. Hearing and obeying. As we close, I have a challenge for you. It's called the 30-day challenge. God gave it to me in a prison cell in 1992. He told me to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. He told me to carve out time and read those five books three times through in 30 days. That's a half a book a day for 30 days. Five books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts times three is 15, and 30 days in a month 
and he told me to take a highlighter or an ink pen, whatever I had available. And the first time through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, he told me to read it from the observer's perspective. And I did, and I highlighted the things that I observed. The second time through, he told me to read it from the perspective of the disciples, hearing and then doing what Jesus told them to do. And the third time through, the Holy Spirit told me to do something that offended my mind. It offended my mind initially, but then I obeyed. He said, I want you to read it through this time from the eyes of Jesus, of what he said and what he did. So the first time through as an observer, the second time through as a disciple, the third time through, through the eyes of Jesus, Messiah in me, Messiah in you, the hope of glory. And I did, and I highlighted, and as I began to minister, on the compound in that prison in Colorado at that time, God began to do signs and wonders and miracles in the Holy Ghost, plundering hell and populating heaven. Men were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were delivered from demons. Satanists came to Christ. People of other faith communities dropped their false religion and came to the Messiah and repented and their lives were radically transformed. Today, if you want this same power, it's available. Are you willing to take on the 30 day challenge? Are you willing to take and carve out time and to put everything else that's a distraction to the side that you might read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts through three times in 30 days. The first time as an observer, the second time as a disciple, and the third time through the eyes of Jesus. If you do this, he'll do the same for you that he did for me because he's no respecter of persons. And I guarantee you, you will never be the same and you'll begin to operate in the promised power of the Holy Spirit with the same signs and wonders in the book of Acts and you'll be part of what's written in Acts chapter 29 that's being written in the earth through your life today. I'm David, my lovely wife. Joanne. We are the Herobedians. Virtualchurchmedia.com God bless you and prepare for the next CD, Hope Deferred.